Amen. 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 Should I give should I give y'all more time? Anybody still trying to give? Trying to give? I probably should. Some of y'all are like, I'm glad he got up there. I was just getting ready to submit there. Like, now don't take don't don't say I cut you off now. Don't get well, God, I was gonna give that, but you know, he cut me off, so I'm like, I'm gonna lessen it later. So hey, good morning to you guys and happy new year, man. Give yourselves a round of applause, man, for making it into 2022. My goodness, some of y'all know what I'm talking about. You dragged yourself into 2022. You know, hey, 2021 was something else, man. And so, man, we made it. We are here into another year, another year that the kingdom can be glorified, can be declared. And so, man, we're just excited. I know me and my family are, man. We're just excited for what God has in store uh, for the Dupree's in 2022. And uh, before I get started my message, man, I just saw some fascinating stuff. I got to give it, we got to give it up for this photo video team, man. Can y'all give it up for this photo video team? And that's recording. I was just back there, y'all, and I'm like, what is going on? This is a machine that's going on back here, man. We got Mike calling out shot. Take that shot. Get that shot. Get this shot. Get that shot. You got this shot. You got this shot. Joanne moving the slide. Y'all don't understand what goes on behind the scenes so that, man, things here are done well outside of here, man. So I just thank those uh, photo video and everybody who makes things happen behind the scene, our service, our volunteers, man, of the house. So just, just, it just, it just blew my mind. I thought I had to honor them, man, because it's like, it's crazy back there. So if you are new to today. Welcome, welcome, welcome. If you're joining us in online, please eat enough uh, waffles and drink enough hot cocoa and stuff for us in here at this building we drove in this cold weather. But um, if you're not aware, I am the youth pastor here at Grace. And so I got to uh, promote and shout out our big chill that's coming up at the end of this month. Anybody heard of big chill, big chill? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's going down. It's going down. We back in preparation, back in planning for that. We kicking this thing off, man. Big Chill is, is our retreat, weekend retreat that we have for our students, uh, the 28th through the 30th this year. Man, it's always something about getting our students out of this normal environment and getting them into a different place. And God does something different in their lives. And so, man, we're going to be believing for him to do great things in our students, this big chill. So, man, make sure parents, you get your kids signed up. Students, beg your parents to go. I know some people probably think like, man, but hey, all of this COVID stuff is rented. Hey, we had already took that in consideration in our planning. We decided, hey, man, what if our world was still like it's going to be when we started planning about seven, eight months ago? What if the world is still the way it is or even worse? We've already put prepare for that. We've, we've uh, limited our spots. Man, we've got enough space for them. Man, get your kids there. It's going to be an awesome, awesome time for them to grow in their faith. And so, anybody ready for the word this year? Anybody ready to kick 2020 off with a good word? All right. All right. Well, I need you to grab your Bibles, grab your electronic reader, however you read the Bible, and I need you to stand with me because here at Grace, we honor God uh, by standing for the reading of the word, and we're going to dive off into this thing. We're going to be looking at John chapter 10, verses 11 through 16. So, open up there. And I need you to multitask real quick. Listen to me while you look for that, because I want to um, speak a little bit about that one word uh, and how powerful it is. And I just want to encourage you to get your one word, sit with God and allow him to uh, download a word on you that you can stick with and stay with for the year of 2022. See, my word for last year was praise. And Lord, Lord knows, I'm like, God, yeah, that's a no brainer. I praise. You don't understand, God. Look at all this enthusiasm. Like, I praise God, y'all. But how many of y'all know it's one thing to praise when everything is good. It's another thing to praise when all hell is breaking loose, right? 
And so I, I, I believe God wanted me to sit with that word because I didn't know what was going to be ahead of us at midway of the year last year and learning how to praise through all circumstances and situations. And so, man, that's just an encouragement for somebody, somebody here today. Allow God to download a word on you and then sit with that word. It may not make sense to you right now or when he gives it to you, but man, trust that he's doing something in and through you just through that one word. And so, man, that, that's my encouragement for you guys today. We ready to read? Everybody ready to read? If not, shame on you because the page is up there now. Come on now. Y'all, y'all wake up. Wake up in 2022. We're here. Let's go. Let's pick up reading. John 10, 11 through 16. I am the good shepherd. There we go. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. The hired hand is not the shepherd and does not own the sheep. So when he sees the wolf coming, he abandons the sheep and runs away. Then the wolf attacks the sheep and scatters it. The man runs away because he is a hired hand and cares nothing for the sheep. I am the good shepherd. Jesus is saying this again. I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep and my sheep know me just as the father knows me and I know the father. And I lay down my life for the sheep. I have other sheep that are not of this sheep pen. I must bring them also. They too will listen to my voice and there shall be one flock and one shepherd. Have your way in this place, Uh, Father, Holy Spirit, have your way. Bring about transformation, God. And Lord, let 2022 be a year, God, where your kingdom was set on fire, Lord, and it moved outside of this, it moved in this world, God, to bring about change, transformation, heart change, Lord. And we just thank you right now. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen, amen, amen. All right, you can sit down. We're going to get to it. Let's get to it. Let's get to it. So, I don't know if y'all know this about me, though, Grace. But in college, I tried to pursue many titles. I wanted to pursue many titles when I was in college. When I first got to college, I wanted to pursue the title of I am a collegiate athlete. I wanted to be a football. I wanted people to address me as I am a football player. Whenever I, whenever I introduce myself to people, they say I am a football player. On the backside of my college years, I wanted to have the title of I am a comedian. I wanted to make people laugh from the belly of the well that was built up. I wanted to make people, I wanted to bring joy to people's life. I pursued that title. I also pursued the title of I am an accountant. So I got my degree in accounting. Some of y'all are like, whoa, wait a minute, that don't make sense. You don't sit in a cubicle. You are, you're not an introvert at all. I don't, I'm not stereotypical, stereotyping against accounting, but that's just what it seemed like in my mind at that time. They just sit behind a cubicle. They don't talk to nobody and they punch numbers. Now I like geeking out over the accounting numbers, but I wanted that title of I am an accountant. One title that I look back on now that's fun, that was funny then, but it's still funny to me now, is I wanted the title of I Am a Rapper. Yeah, I am. A, check that out right there, y'all. Let's go. That was my days right there. I don't know what we was looking at, but it, 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 looks, look, it looks look cool right there. So here it is. That, that was my day. In college, I wanted to be a rapper. That was the name of our group, Gundy Music, right there. We named ourselves after the dorm we stayed in. It was Gundy. So we just said, Gundy Music. My homeboy would set up a, a little booth in his closet or whatnot, and we would go in. And see, y'all, y'all can probably guess which name was mine. I was Vegas Vibe, y'all. <laughs> oh, man, that was my signature stand right there. Whenever I would get on the beat, whenever I drop, that was my signature opening right there. Every time the beat dropped, I would say, it's Vegas Vibe on the beat. Oh, I was finna kill it, y'all. <laughs> when I said that, I don't know what was finna come out of my mouth, but I just know it was gonna be some fire. <laughs> but I did that because I wanted people to say, I am a rapper. And if you're being honest today, you've pursued titles as well. Anybody ever pursued titles in here? I am 
a CEO. I am an entrepreneur. I am a father. I am independent. I-E-D-E. Y'all know what I'm saying? I'm independent. We've all pursued titles. I am titles. And so here we have Jesus in the book of John giving us an I am title about himself. He actually does this seven times in the book of John. It's like he's given us a mini autobiography in the book of John about things that he wanted, us, he wanted to directly tell us that was about him that was going to be vitally important information for us to know about him. He says, I have to tell you this characteristic about me because if I don't tell you, then you won't understand. You won't have the full understanding of my character and who I am. So he gives us these I am statements in the book of John. And the one we're going to be looking at today is the title of I am the good shepherd. I am the good shepherd. And see, Jesus uses the word the. I think it's important for us to see he's not using the word the to distinguish that he's the only that he's the only shepherd because right here in this text, he's already alluding to there are other so-called shepherds. And so this was a this was a quick jab that he was taking at the Pharisees that would have been there listening to the religious leaders at that time. Hey, this is him taking a quick jab at them and saying that I know I'm not the only shepherd. I know it's some wannabe shepherds, but I am the good shepherd. And see, as, as he's trying to break this down, he's also, which is important, he's also speaking to a fulfillment of prophecy. You see, God was speaking through Ezekiel in, in Ezekiel chapter 34. He was speaking to Ezekiel about the, the uh, Israelite leaders that were, that were going on during that time. And he said, I see your conduct. I see what you're doing to my sheep. I see that you're leaving my sheep vulnerable. I see that you're leaving my sheep. You're not taking care of my sheep before you take care of yourself. See, he was speaking a prophecy because God was telling them in Ezekiel in the Old Testament that, hey, man, I see your conduct about how how you are as a sheep now, but I'm going to be sending a shepherd that's going to come. And here Jesus is saying, hey, man, that, that shepherd that my father talked about, that God was talking about in the Old Testament to Ezekiel, he's saying and said, I am that shepherd. So it's powerful. You got to understand. I would encourage you guys to go back and read Ezekiel 34 and see what God is laying out about those shepherds and why it's so important that Jesus is stepping on the scene to fulfill this prophecy of I am the good shepherd. So, So here Jesus is jumping on the scene, letting them know, hey, man, I'm the good shepherd. And the reason why it's important for us to not to understand that he's not saying I'm the only shepherd is because if we try to put that in our terms today, we've all we are, we are either shepherds over someone or we're entrusting our lives to a shepherd. And one thing we got to understand is that we can entrust our lives to shepherds and we can be a shepherd. But is that shepherd connected to the good shepherd? Because if not, that's how manipulation, that's how exploitation happens. That's how misuse of sheep happen when we have shepherds that are connected to the good shepherd. When we disconnect ourselves and say, I can run my business without the good shepherd. Hey, I can run my home without the good shepherd. I am the shepherd. And see, that's where we get misuse of the sheep. But not here, Grace. Y'all, we, we perfect sheep here. We perfect shepherds here. So y'all got to worry about that. Y'all good hands, man. Y'all the perfect shepherd. No, nah, I'm just playing. Let me stop. Now we ain't perfect. We are not absent of flaws. The good shepherd is absent of flaws. But here at Grace, we need your grace, Grace. Your shepherds need your grace. The good shepherd doesn't need grace. He is grace. 
But see, here as your, as your shepherds here that God has entrusted us, trusted you to us, hey, we need your grace when we don't get it right. We need your grace when we don't make the decision in a timely manner. We need your grace when, hey, man, we, we don't say the right thing. We need your grace. See, I've actually even given myself permission as a shepherd to be wrong and to go back and circle back around and apologize if I need to or ask for forgiveness if I need to because that reminds me that, hey, man, I am a shepherd in need of a good shepherd. I am a sheep in need of a good shepherd. It humbles me when I give myself permission to be wrong. And some of you today, you need to give yourself permission to be wrong. You walking around and thinking everything has to be perfect, you have to be perfect, and when it's not, hey, you blow up. Oh, man, you are discombobulated. Everything is off straight because you couldn't be perfect. Give yourself permission to not be the good shepherd, but to be a sheep. You see, sheep know that they need a shepherd. And Jesus is also alluding to here about these sheep because that's who I want us to focus in on today because we've looked at the, the hired hand, which, was, which would have been the religious leaders at that time. We looked at who the good shepherd was, was who was Jesus, and we all know who the enemy is or who the wolf is. That's the enemy. But, but, but this is what I want us to look at. Because if it's any title in this world that we ought to acknowledge, embrace, and desire most above any other title is the title of I am a sheep. I am a sheep. How, how many of you get up in the morning and look at yourself in the mirror and say, bah, I am a sheep? None of us. We had one person last, last, last service that said they do it. And that person, I believe that person. I believe they get up and say, I'm a sheep every morning. It's just they kind of, I, I love them so much. They, they, I can believe that. But how many of us realistically get up, look ourselves in the mirror and say, I am a sheep? No. We put on our, we put on our, I am the CEO. I am the boss. I'm the manager. They're going to listen to me today. I am the teacher. Kids are going to behave today. I am a parent. They're going to listen to me. They're going to eat that cereal this morning. I cook a grist. They're going to eat that. We put on these titles. But do we put on the title of I am a sheep? And see, God has given me this word today because he's wanting to let us know that whether you're in the sheep pen or outside of the sheep pen, God says, I've created all people, all human beings are sheep. They may not be his sheep just yet, but you got to understand that you are a sheep, believer or non-believer. You are a sheep. And when we understand that fact, if we, don't, if we don't understand that, then I'm telling you right now, the enemy will continue to make, we will, be, we will continuously be easy prey for the enemy. But if we're able to embrace that title and, and be confident and say, you know what, I am going to desire that title of I am a sheep, then we can have a good shepherd that can come alongside us and combat with the enemy thinking that we are Dumb sheep. And that's what leads me to my, 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 my first part of the message today is I want to break down for us three sheepish flaws that the enemy sees us, that he tries to exploit and take advantage of us. Because I'm telling you right now, we are sheep. And as I was studying about sheep, when I had to break it down, I'm telling you, I, mean, I, got, I got insulted. I told God, wait a minute, you, I'm a sheep? When you find out some of the information about sheep, um, you're going to get offended. Y'all going to get offended because I got to break it down to y'all going to get what I got. I'm telling you right now. I said, God, how could you, you calling me these things here? But as I continued to sit in my studies and allow God to unpack why he intentionally and unapologetically gave us the title of sheep, I began to be enlightened and encouraged 
about that title. And I pray that same thing happens for you today, that we're able to humble ourselves and understand that there's an enemy out to get us. Do we all understand that there's an enemy that's against us, that's looking to destroy us right now? Now, I, I, I think some of us, we don't take that thing serious sometimes. We just brush it off. But no, how else would that person at work know what not to say, when to say it, and how not to say it, right? They just they know how to push that button. You had no choice but to. It's feel like it was spiritually driven. Some of y'all, you honest. You say, hey, man, like, I just could. You're right. You, just, you couldn't help because the enemy knew what would get you, what would push your button. For some of y'all, though, the enemy's like, I ain't even behind that. Some of y'all, y'all dealing with some cray-cray people. Some of y'all are crazy, crazy. You can't blame the enemy on that. But we have to understand these three things, these three sheepish flaws that the enemy tries to take advantage of. Look at this first. Look at the first one. The enemy sees us as dumb. He sees us as dumb. I was reading an article uh, from, the actual, from an actual shepherd who has sheep, and he was describing a moment uh, about one of his sheep or whatnot. So the sheep was actually uh, trying to uh, grab some uh, plant that was behind some logs or something like that. And so what, what happened was the sheep started going in, into the logs to grab the, the plant, but it couldn't get it. So it kept trying to go further and further into it, and eventually the sheep broke his neck and died. It killed itself trying to go after something. Who does that sound like? Don't, we, don't that sound like us sometimes? Even if we know something has hurt us, even if we know something isn't good for us, what we do, we keep going after it, right? We keep sniffing after it. The enemy said, I can do that. You know why? Because they're dumb. They'll fall for the trick every time. They'll keep going further and further in. They'll keep, they'll keep pursuing that relationship that they know is not healthy for them. They'll keep acting that way and exhibiting those characteristics that they know is not healthy for their marriage and for their children. They'll keep doing it. They'll keep doing it. They'll keep going further and further in. They, they, they won't back out. See, church, the, the, the enemy sees us as dumb. That's why he's able to come back with the same trick Every time. See, Galatians chapter 5, verse 19, verse 21 tells us what his tricks are. See, look at it right there. It says, when we follow the, the desires of our sinful nature, let's look at what the result is right here. It says sexual morality, impurity, lustful pleasures, idolatry, sorcery, hostility, quarreling, jealousy, outbursts of anger, uh, uh, selfish ambition, dissension, division, envy, drunkenness, wild parties, and other sins like these. Somebody tell me, what sin isn't rooted in these things right here? What sin are we sinning in our world that's not rooted in right here? The enemy's not placing anything new in, in front of us. He's saying, I can, I can dress up the same sin and make it look different. Because they're dumb. They'll keep going after it. And that's, that's what he's trying to get us to see. If you understand, at the end of that, the end of that passage says, let me tell you again as I have before, that anyone living that sort of life will not inherit the kingdom of God. Church, we have to understand that the enemy's number one goal is to keep us out of the kingdom of God. It's to keep us out of our victory that we already have. It's, this is his plan right here. And so what he tries to do is to get us attracted and get us going after things that he knows is going to keep us out of the kingdom. 
You see, we have to see this and understand this about ourselves, or if not, we'll continue to be easy prey. Let's look at the second thing. Second thing that the enemy plays on our sheepish flaw is that we're directionless. He thinks that we're directionless. See, I was reading as well that, that sheep are prone to wander. Sheep are prone to wander. And it's said that, that shepherds say that when, usually when a sheep roams away and they, they realize that the sheep is lost, they immediately think that, hey, man, the sheep is dead. They already think it. They already think it's dead. It's either they wandered off into a predator's territory or, hey, man, they didn't actually like literally fell over, especially if it's a pregnant sheep. They didn't fell over and they can't get up. So, I mean, they just lay there uh, they, and they die because they can't catch their breath or whatnot. Or one that I thought was so fast, they literally walk off a cliff. It was a shepherd. I'm, I'm not lying to you. It was a shepherd that cost him over $74,000 because 1,500 of his sheep walked over a cliff. But see, all it took was to start the thing was one. You would think when Fred fell over there that, that Chris would say, hey, man, I ain't going down there. Then you see that Priscilla was like, hey, them two went down. I ain't going down. Then you see Mike to come out. But wait a minute. They all keep going. <laughs> Why? He said they have no direction. Even when they see something is wrong, they have no direction to change direction and go some other way. See, it, the enemy sees us as we lack direction. That's why he likes to lure us away and get us distracted. He likes to get us wandering. He likes to have us like this. And you see, you want to know how you can gauge whether you're wandering or not? And this is how you can gauge if you're wandering. You can kind of test, am I wandering? When you start making decisions and direction for your life, not based off of what God's Word says and through prayer and through Scripture, but when you start making decisions based off of, does this make me happy or do I feel right? Is, am I happy or does it make me feel right? And I'm not saying that that's bad. You may be making decisions and it may be good, but my thing is, have you consulted with God first? Have you got His approval to move on what you want to move on, to go in the direction that you want to go in? Or are you so caught up with, if it makes me feel good, it makes me happy. So you're making marriage decisions based off of whether you feel good or happy in the marriage or not. You're making parenting decisions on off it, whether it feels good or it feels not. You're making business decisions, job decisions based off of whether you feel good or not. You see, that's what the enemy wants us doing. That's when he, you can kind of gauge if you're wandering. You see, that's a sheepish flaw that the enemy likes to play on. See, Proverbs 14, 12 says, there's a way that seems right to man, but it ends in the way of death. See, if the enemy can get you wandering and get you away from the sheepfold, he knows that they don't know their direction. They don't know. It's hard for them to get back. That's what he's trying to do, church. Let's look at the third thing. Let's look at this last thing, the last sheepish way that the enemy tries to play on. And that last one is that he thinks that we're defenseless, that we're defenseless. You see, sheep are easy prey for predators. They're prey animals. Predators can easily attack them. They don't have a defense mechanism. You know what their defense mechanism is? They go run back to the other sheep and get in the pack. That, that's their defense mechanism. They, they, they go back and, and, and be with the other sheep. And I thought that was just so crazy because you got, you got Wandering Willie out here who runs into Wolf, the big bad wolf and whatnot, and he gets to dragging everybody back. The big bad wolf thought he was just going to have a Burger King meal. Now he, go, he got Golden Corral now. I got a whole buffet over here of sheep right now. 
Like, man, you couldn't stay out there, homie. But no, that's their defense mechanism. Because the enemy knows that as sheep, we're defenseless. And one thing I thought that was interesting also that I, I know God wanted me to give today is because there's a defense mechanism that seems like it's a defense, but it's really not. The enemy sees right through it. See, sheep have a high pain tolerance. And the reason why they have to have a, the reason why they have a high pain tolerance is because they don't want to show any vulnerability or weakness because sometimes they think it may ward the predator off. If I just take a good beating and they see I'm not dead, maybe the posse will come or the shepherd will come in enough time. Uh, it's, it's a defense mechanism. And that may work in the animal world, but I'm telling you right now, in the kingdom of God, I'm telling you, some of you today have been taking a beating. And you've been just taking it. You're using this as a defense mechanism. You walk out of your house, put the face up. I know I don't want it. I know marriage is going crazy. I know my kids are acting up. I, life is just, and you're taking a beating. You won't shed a tear. You won't cry out. You won't get help. You won't even turn to God because you think if I cry out to God, he won't use me anymore because he think I'm, I'm just a weak soldier or whatnot. I'm telling you now today, church, that is a defense mechanism that the enemy sees right through. Some of y'all need to use today to just cry out, to scream out and say, God, okay, I'm done being, I'm done being this way. Because he's saying that's one of your sheepest flaws that the enemy is taking advantage of. And so I pray that doesn't discourage people today, that you dumb, directionless, defenseless. Praise that don't offend you like it did me. Because I was encouraged by this second part as I started understanding who the good shepherd was and why it's so important that we get connected to him. Because he comes and he combats all three of those things when we give ourselves to him. Yes, that may be our flaws, but we have a good shepherd that comes alongside us and combats. And that's what I want to uh, use the rest of this message to do is show us the three ways that the, the good shepherd combats with the enemy and how he takes advantage of our flaws. And so the first, the, the first way the enemy, the, uh, the good shepherd combats is that he provides. He provides. John 10, 10 says the thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. I come that you may have life and have it abundantly. And you say, okay, so what does that mean, Pascal? What, 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 what does the shepherd provide? He don't provide, I don't got that new Bentley or that Tesla or whatnot. He ain't provide nothing for me. I don't got that new type. My house ain't paid off or what. I, he's not providing those things. The main thing we need to be seeking that he provides for us is truth and wisdom. We need to know that he'll provide us truth and wisdom. Because can I tell you with all the tangible things that you can gain in, in life, if you don't have truth and wisdom, you can't sustain them. You see, that's what's wrong with our world today. We have either people that don't know the truth, they're ignorant to the truth, and so they're making foolish decisions, or they know the truth and they're rebellious against it and still making foolish decisions. That, that, that's the issue. But see, he says, I'm going to send my Holy Spirit that will give you truth and wisdom. See, because truth is just knowledge. It's a lot of us who have the knowledge. It's a lot of us who have, man, almost 32 degrees. That means you freezing, you ice cold. There you go. You got 32 degrees hanging up on your wall. Boy, you can quote all types of scripture. You got all this, this, this uh, worldly uh, accruedments, but you don't have any wisdom. Because, see, truth is just all the knowledge. Wisdom is how you apply that knowledge. So that's what we're missing. We got people who, this is my truth. This is what I'm supposed to do. This is my truth, but no wisdom behind it. Don't know how to apply what's been given. 
You see, and that's what we need the good shepherd to do. See, we need the good shepherd to come alongside us and give us truth and wisdom about how to have a healthy marriage and treat our spouses. We need the good shepherd to come alongside us and give us truth and wisdom about, about gender and sexuality. We need truth and wisdom on how to manage our money. We need truth and wisdom about who we're supposed to hang out with, who we're not supposed to hang out with. We need truth and wisdom in our workplace. We need truth and wisdom to combat what the enemy thinks is dumb. We have to seek after it, church. Second thing, let's look at the second thing. Second thing that the, that the good shepherd provides, he protects. The good shepherd protects. John 10, 11 says, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. Now you say, Pastor Cameron, how does he protect? Explain how he protect. Now, some of us, he can shield things off. I think the last time I preached, I told you that we need to start thanking God for things he didn't let happen. The things that we don't even know happened that he shielded us from. So he can do those things. But the main way that God or the good shepherd protects us is that he gives us boundaries. What? He gives me boundaries? I got any veteran parents in here? You're a vet parent. You, you, man, you did your time as a parent. You got... How, how, do you, how do you protect your kids? You give them boundaries. They can run freely in those boundaries, correct? See, that, that's how the good shepherd gives us protection. He gives us boundaries. That, that, that's, what, that's what he provides, or that's, what, that's how he protects us when the enemy thinks that we're defenseless. See, a lot of our problems could be eliminated if we just trusted his boundaries. You see, if we stay within his boundaries, see, people within his sheepfold, they're up against the gate, sniffing around. Oh, man, what they got out there? They, oh, man, that looks like he's trying to hide that from me. You in the gate, you in the sheep pen, but you got your eyes outside of it. See, our world is trying to destroy, deface, and destroy God's boundaries. They're trying to extend his boundaries and say, no, that ain't what he meant. That's what it is. No, 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 no. He said, I place these boundaries for your protection. We're trying to destroy the very thing that he put in place to protect us. But why? You said, why, why do you put those boundaries in place? Well, that's, that's what happened in creation. That was the start of creation. He said, I want them to live an abundant life. I'm not talking about stuff, y'all. When you understand and you have spiritual maturity, he's not talking about stuff. You know what abundant life is? Let me tell you what abundant life is. Abundant life is when you're able to experience and explore life freely. Don't hurt me, please. No, some of y'all are like, you, you hear it? Do you preach it? No, no, no. Let me show you. Let me show you from the new. Let me show you from the Old Testament, from creation itself, what I mean right here about being able to explore and experience life freely. Because see, in the garden, Adam and Eve were able to eat, explore, and experience everything in the garden freely, Right? All he did was gave him one boundary. He said, don't eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. That was your boundary. Everything else, I need you to explore, experience it freely. Without the fear or harm of threat. Experience this life, but do it within my boundaries. Jesus in the New Testament said, I came so that you may have life and life more abundantly. See, that's what he meant. He said, I need you to start living life and experiencing it and exploring it freely. Some of you, you have limited yourself thinking that those boundaries have keeping me. I can't experience life. I can't, I can't go through life. I can't explore. No, he's saying, stay within my boundaries and you can experience it to the, uh, freely. It's so many of us that are missing what God has inside of his pasture because we're standing at the gate 
are upset. Oh, why this boundary here? Why is this like this? the boundary about sex, boundary about marriage, boundary about money, boundary about gender, all of this type of stuff. But we're missing what's in the pastures. See, church, we got to get our eyes and get away from the gate of the boundary seeking to get out of there and turn ourselves and focus and engulf ourselves in all of the good pleasures that he has in his pastures. I wonder what 2020 could look like if some of us got away from the gate and started experiencing all that God had for us in his pastures. That's what my marriage could look like. That's what my kids could be like. That's what my business could be like. Oh, that's what my, my, my gender, sexuality, that's what it could be. That's what all this could be like. But so many of us are stuck at the fence. Some of us on the outside, we want to come in. We want to be in the fence. We want to be in the sheep pen. That boundary, that's a hard boundary right there. He's trying to keep you from something. We out here, man, we living it up. Little do you know, you don't know where safety stops and where danger starts. That's what God is trying to do for us. He's given us boundaries and protection to show us this is where safety stops and this is where danger starts. And when we know that church, we can live life abundantly. We can go after the purpose. We can go after the business. We can go after the destiny. We can love abundantly because we know where safety stops and where danger starts. God has given us boundaries to protect us. Then the last thing, the third thing he gives us, third things he gives us is that he promotes. He promotes. John 10, 16 says, I have other sheep that are not in this sheep pen. I must bring them in. They too will listen to my voice and there shall be one flock and one shepherd. Now I got to help you understand what I mean by this word promotes or promotion. I'm not talking about at your job. He's not going to give you, he may not give you promotion. I don't want you to leave away from here. That My pastor said he's going to promote me. But no, no, I'm talking about promoting. If you're lost, he'll promote you to being found. If you're broken, He'll promote you to being whole again. If you're sad, he'll promote you to restoring your happiness and your joy. See, that's promotion I'm talking about. If you're confused, he'll make everything right. If your path is winding, he'll make your path straight. That's the promotion that the God is bringing, or our good shepherd is bringing to us. And that's the part that we got to be encouraged because that's the gospel. Jesus Christ went to the cross, died on our behalf. First off, he came in flesh and self to live this crazy life here and then die on our behalf so that we can be cleansed of our sins, so that we can step into our promotion. So today, if you're feeling devalued, you're feeling worthless, you're feeling lost, you're feeling confused, you're feeling shame, you're feeling guilt, you're feeling unforgiveness, Jesus is saying, I'm the good shepherd. I'm coming to bring you promotion. See, that's why the, that's why the parable of the lost sheep is so important, y'all, because that's Jesus saying, I will leave the 99 to go find the one. I told y'all earlier that, hey, he will, the usually worldly sheep, worldly shepherds will say, hey, they're already dead. He won't even worry about them. He'll stick with the 99. But this shepherd, the good shepherd says, I don't care if it's, if it's one out there, I got to go get it. So that should be encouraging for some of y'all today because you've been lost, you've been devalued, you've been hurt, you've been crying, you're feeling lonely, you're depressed, anxiety, and you're like, where is it? And the good shepherd said, I'm coming for you. He said, I'm coming for you. I got to give you promotion. He's standing in the face of the enemy saying, I know you've been dragging him through deserts and valleys, but I'm here to take him to the mountaintops. I'm here to restore the value that I placed on them. The good shepherd brings promotion when the enemy thinks that we have no direction. Church, as followers of Jesus, our direction is on the mountaintops. That's not saying that we won't experience valleys and deserts and dry seasons. 
But he's saying your, 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 uh, your main position is with me on the mountaintops. And we have to embrace this title as I am a sheep before we receive those things that the good shepherd has. See, David knew about this good shepherd that was in the Old Testament. This is not just a New Testament thing. This is an Old Testament. We know the, we know the song, Psalm 23. We all like to quote it. There, there it is right there. The Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. That word nothing in the Hebrew and the Greek, you know what that means? You know what that word means? It means nothing. <laughs> See, I had to do that. We laugh, but I think some of us think that God will give me this, but he'll make me lack this. He'll give me the spouse, but I'll lack joy and happiness with the spouse. He'll give me the finances, but I'll, I'll, lack, uh, uh, I'll lack peace with it or understanding with it. No, no, no. The good shepherd says you will lack nothing. We don't, we don't get to pick and choose. He says you'll lack nothing. That's the provision. He makes me lie down in green pasture. He leads me beside quiet waters. He refreshes my soul. He guides me along the right path for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. I like that King James verse. Y'all ever read that? Though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Uh, your rod and your staff comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemy. That's protection right there. All of that was protection. Then the end says, you anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. That's promotion, church. David knew about these characteristics of this good shepherd. And today, if you're a non-believer, man, Jesus is saying, I got more room in this sheep pen. Some of you have been wanting to turn your life over, give your life over to Jesus and enter into the book. He says he has room. If you're worried about room or if it's too crowded or whatnot, y'all got to make it. No, no, no. He's saying I have room in the sheep pen. And if you're already in the sheep pen, he's saying I need you to get off the fence and start experiencing life abundantly. Get off the gate. Go explore and experience everything I have within my boundaries. Trust my boundaries are to protect you and not to harm you or keep anything from you. What would 2020 look like, church, if we backed away from the boundaries and stopped trying to push them and stopped trying to change them and we just rested in this pasture? That's what David said. He got good pastures. God has good pastures for us, church. Let us receive that today. So if that's you, if you're like you're a non-believer or whatnot, man, when I get ready to pray, I, the Bible says you have to repent and believe. There's a process that you got to do. There's some junk that's in your heart that he's saying, I need you to bring to me. I need you to recognize. I need you to know that I know that you're supposed to know that these are the things that are outside of my cheat pen. So when I get ready to pray, you need to bring that stuff to God and say, man, this is what I have, God. I'm bringing it all to your altar right now. Uh, welcome me into your sheep pen. If that's you, man, God is willing and ready to let you enter in. And so I'm going to pray for us, church. And like I said, you pray your prayer of, hey, man, I want to I enter in, Jesus. Heavenly Father, we just thank you so much, God. We thank you for the sheep pen that you've created, God. God, we're thankful for the boundaries. We're thankful for the good pastures, God. We're just so grateful that we get to be inside of your sheep pen where there is protection, where there is provision, where there is... God, we are just so enlightened, God, and encouraged that you give us promotion, Lord. God, you elevate us from places that were once dark, that were once hurting us, and you bring us into a different place, Lord. And so I just pray for us this morning that we go into 2020, God, 2022, Lord, believing 
that you have an awesome journey ahead of us, God. And it's for your glory. We're going to pursue it. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen, amen, amen. We'll give you a good shepherd a hand of applause. Give that good shepherd. I don't know about y'all, but I'm ready to take on 2022. I'm ready to experience and explore now. Hey, there was a group of people that prayed for you um, before service, and these are some of the things that they heard here. Uh, The first thing was um, there is this sense of receiving insight into God's tender love and his open arms. So just kind of what I was was preaching about there, that the gates in his arms are open to receive us all. Uh, there's someone that's needing prayer that may be sick with COVID. There's boldness. You're needing boldness in a relationship. You're feeling alone or lonely uh, and just need to be encouraged and reminded that God is with us. And then God wants to replace, uh, my wife just told me how to say this too, uh, frugality, babe. Did I say it right? Frugality? Fragility. fragility. There you go, babe. Okay, see, that's why my wife right there. Uh, fragility with his strength right there. Uh, protect love, uh, protect love, cast out all fear. Uh, someone struggling with freedom from long-standing sin, sin habits. Uh, there's loneliness. God needs to set someone free, and there's, there's, there's a relationship within a family. Uh, garments of praise, of a spirit of heaviness. So someone's dealing with a spirit of heaviness. Uh, God's people are precious. So someone needs to know their value. And then, plus you can include, that was for me, that one for y'all right there, that was for me right there. <laughs> So if that's any of that has any of that resonates with you, then I want you to come down front here. When our prayer team comes down, man, you come down and get prayer for any of those things they resonate with you. If you're online, there's a number that'll show up on the screen. That's right there. You can call them, man. We got trained uh, prayer people that'll get you in a private room and they'll pray for you. But if none of this resonates with you and you just re- something resonated with you in the word about man living abundantly or you've been outside, you, you haven't had that protection, whatever it is, if you need prayer for anything, man, come down, be prayed for. Do not leave this place feeling like I am a sheep. Bah! That's what I want to leave y'all with today. That bah! You are a sheep in need of a good shepherd. Amen? Amen. Amen. All right, Grace. Thank you guys for coming this Sunday. Y'all have a great rest of Sunday and a good 2022. Let's go.